to Kashris on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashris Magazine. And as you might know, the station is experiencing technical issues. Please listen to us at 718-506-9099 or online at jroot.com. Or you can use the JRoot Pro app, uh, which you can get online at the JRoot uh, website. Uh, you can get you listen on the JRoot Radio Pro app. Just follow at JRoot Radio for information. So I'm just saying. Seven one two four three two four two one seven. Seven one two four three two four two one seven. Seven one two four three two. Four two one seven. Okay, we'll try to mention that number as well. So if you know somebody that likes to listen to us and hasn't, you're not going to be able to hear us now. So that, that's all they have to do. And the show, Mitz Hashem, will be uh, archived on the jwoodradio.com. Uh, 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 and you just look for Kashris on the air, and you'll be able to just check the dates and information like that. Uh, today is the beginning of the uh, Pesach season, even though... Technically, it's still Shushan Purim. It still belongs to Purim, but uh, it's now beginning of Pesach. So our show tonight will largely deal being with Pesach. But since we talked a lot last week about the people who are, uh, you know, who, who fulfill the mitzvah of uh, drinking on, on Purim with the fullest extent, and some of them are not able to uh, function properly, and sometimes there are emergency situations, etc. So I want to give a little bit of report and a little bit of uh, in, uh, an idea of some of the things that happened and uh, that I became aware of just between <laughs> uh, last week and today. So interestingly enough, um, I was uh, aware uh, that the Shomrim in our area here in Flatbush and Borough Park, that they experienced a very light Pro, you know, very few problems on the on Purim night, and it was the night before Purim, because the night before Purim, I mean, night of Purim, actually, we call it, um, the people are going around, a lot of the kids are going around collecting money, and sometimes uh, there are things that they shouldn't be doing, and that uh, maybe they're drinking, and in the, the, the limousines, and and maybe they're acting appropriately, inappropriately, and maybe they're carrying uh, liquor in the streets. So whatever they're doing, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what it's all about. But uh, Shomrim has to go out and spend a very active night, night of Purim. This year, they reported very, very light issues, very few, uh, very sporadic, very light, and it was very, uh, it was a change from the past. So I don't know if that means that that some of the parents are taking more of a, a control, or the, the yeshivas, or whatever it is. Maybe some people are finally taking much more involvement. Uh, I can't say it's resolved forever, and I have no idea what happened on Purim Day. So, and, I'm, and after Purim last night. So, again, I can't re- report for, for Shomrim, but this is a report from one of the Shomrim people. And you can check it out yourself. And if, if it's important and you get information about it, you can always inform me. I can always be reached at 718 336 8544. That's the office of Kashmir's Magazine. Whether it's about one of the topics we mentioned or about the magazine itself, you can reach us over there at 718 336 8544. I'd like to share with you a thought that um, I heard, I mean, I got from Rabbi Vigdor Miller You know, there's a wonderful organization, and I, I, I mentioned it on the radio here a number of times already. I, mean, I don't mind giving them the plug because they don't charge anything, and it's only for service for you people. There's an, org- there's an organization called Toras Avigdor, T-O-R-A-S. Avigdor, A-V-I-G-D-O-R. That was Miller's name. Taurus Avigdor and uh, .com. And they send you every day a piece, a little teeny piece from Miller's Atzal, what he said about a different topic that was on the um, weekly program that he did, a Thursday night lecture series. And at the end, he always had questions. And the questions are very, very interesting. And he came... Uh, you know, to answer that he answered them on the spot, without a preparation, and the most some of the most amazing answers. So this gentleman, um, Rabbi Markowitz, 
he has collected them, he, he works through them, and he gives you exactly the words Rav Miller said, just, just puts it down, and it's very easy to read, uh, it's very short, and if you want to get it, just sign up at Torres Avigdor, T-O-R-A-S-A-V-I-G-D-O-R, Torres Avigdor dot, at, at uh, where is it, at gmail.com, that's what it is, Torres Avigdor at gmail.com. I think I said before, I skipped the Gmail. You have to say Gmail. Anyway, this piece was about Purim, and I said, my goodness, he's saying it exactly the right way. It was a beautiful piece. How do I, question, how do I utilize drinking Adelo Yoda in order to serve Hashem? Rav Miller's answer. Adelo Yoda ben Oruhaman Lavarach Mordechai. I'll tell you one perish. It means Ad Veload Bichlal, which means up to but not including. You drink up to the point of losing your das, your thinking, your, your awareness. You drink just enough, but not enough to lose your das. Up to, but not including. On Purim, you have to have das. You have to have understanding. You have to have more das on Purim, not, not less das. You have to have more understanding, not less. Now, a little bit of das can be gained by drinking. A little bit. Oh, yes. It's like an airplane that needs high-octane gas to get up in the air. A little bit of alcohol helps your spirits go higher. Yes, a little bit of mashka, but too much alcohol will sink you. And therefore, there's no use in falling asleep in the middle of Purim like a drunken goy and then have to call Hatzalah. At Purim, you should be gaining das. If you utilize a day properly, it'll be a day of das. And you won't be gaining any das lying on the floor waiting for Hatzalah to come. I think that was a very appropriate uh, and a synopsis of, and this is from a man who drink, was drinking every pour my uh, with some high, and yet he, he, he knew that there's a limit. And it's, of course, young people, it's for hard for them. Not always can they get, can they get that limit. And that's why parents and rebbies and everybody has to try to help them to enjoy the day, but not to go overboard. And, and, and people do have to have that self-control. I, I, you know, observe people in the neighborhood, etc. You'll see sometimes people that they don't feel well and they're not able to keep their food down and they're not able to bench and they're not able to daven mariv or they're not able to daven mariv with a minion. The shacharis is shot. They, 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 they can't learn very much the next day. They did the Purim the way they understand it but they lost so much more. And one of the things that, that, that especially disturbs me is the fact that they lost a lot of the davening. And Purim is supposed to be a day of davening. It's Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is like Purim. In one of the ways it's like Purim is that it's a day for davening. You could ask Hashem for anything and, and you ask Him straight and not even just not begging. You can say, you can't demand from HaKadosh Baruch, but you could... Stay, say it very strong on Purim that all this form bring that down it's a, a tremendous opportunity and the person who has the mind he has the das, he didn't lose his mind he finds it so much easier to, to pray, to daven and it, it accomplishes so much in Shemayim I, I, it seems to me that that's also something that some of these young people have to think about. Anyway, that's over with because we're now going into uh, the Pesach season. And I have a, 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 a tremendous opportunity for everybody here today. We have a new advertiser, and uh, if you respond this week, you're going to be able to get a free subscription to Kashrus Magazine. So that's a pretty big thing. That's a $25 offer, and uh, we're throwing it in just to be able to see uh, that you get a, we get a proper response for this people who we consider very, very valuable in, in our community. You're doing a tremendous service, and you'll find out about it in a little while. So let's start a little bit now about Pesach. Basically, we hope to have two shows, one with uh, Rabbi Avram Wright, talk about Matas, and another show, Ms. Hashem, uh, with Rabbi Rabinowitz from the OU, which we have every year, answering your questions about Pesach issues with food, which which foods to buy, the problems involved, uh, what you know, different kinds of foods and different. This one is an issue. That's not an issue. What kind of an issue? We're going to be able to go through as we do every year with Rabbi Rabinowitz. 
we're going to go through your questions. And, and, and since we have this little difficulty, and I don't know what's going to be in, in the weekend too, so I suggest that if anybody wants to could uh, email me directly. And I'm going to give you my email ad- address for any questions that you would like to ask Governor Rabinowitz, because I can't promise that we won't have any issues at that time. So my suggestion is just send me an email, Kashvis, K-A-S-H, R-U-S, just like the magazine, Kashvis at AOL.com. And send me just a question or two. Say, please ask Robert Rabinowitz to talk about this or about that. We'd love to uh, direct the questions that you are most interested in. So that send an email, just write um, Pesach on it if you want, or whatever your subject line. It's not going to matter too much. You'll probably read it. But uh, again, Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. Let us know uh, anything else you want to let us know about the show. We'd we'd love to hear from you. So now let's go on to some of the issues of Pesach itself. I can't think of anything more more appropriate than to read a few words from my Rebbe Zatzal. See, every when I in the Kashrus magazine, our Pesach issue, by the way, is out already. Um, You'll see it on for sale probably very soon. I know it's in the three stores in the area here, and I know it's in, um, I, I know it's, it's, it's already at our uh, distributor, Feldheim Publishers, so it's going to be in the bookstores any minute. I don't know what the snow it's going to be, but we're definitely going to be there. So if you, if, uh, the, the issue of the magazine every year for Pesach, I have two people, two articles that I'd like to put in every year. One in one year, and then I skip a year, and then I put it in again two years later, and then in between we, we sort of, uh, we, we, we just switch them around. So this year I'm putting in about Rabbi Zimmerman preparing for Pesach, and the alternate years we have Rabbi Scheinberg, Zatzal, uh, talking about uh, his his suggestions of preparation for Pesach. They're both excellent articles, and they both cover the same kind of things, and it doesn't matter really which one you read, because they're both going to get you there together. But but my Rebbe Zatzal put it very, very succinctly and appropriately, and I uh, always like to mention some of his words, although we sometimes don't put it in his name. Today I decided I'll read a few words from the book itself in the magazine, Cash's Magazine, uh, starting now, that uh, the PC had there on page 23. Preparing the kitchen, the refrigerator. A refrigerator must only be thoroughly cleaned. If you're concerned that there may be still chametz in a certain part, then cover that part with aluminum foil. Some are careful on Pesach not to put hot pots directly into the refrigerator. Others line the racks with aluminum foil. Choice is yours. I don't advise you to move the refrigerator from its place in order to clean behind it. Oh, I wish I would listen to that. You don't know how many times I ruined my refrigerator by moving it around. When I invariably, when we used to move it, it moves, and but sometimes that little, little part comes out that is the timer, and it kills. It gets killed, and you have to replace it. Cost a hundred dollars, whatever it costs today. Maybe it costs more. I don't know. That was what we've, we used to fall into that trap all the time. And he says, no, I don't advise you to move the refrigerator from its place in order to clean behind it. Clean as far as you can by hand with a broom or a vacuum cleaner and rely on the sale and the bittle, the nullification for any remaining chomets, which is probably not edible anyway. So that's uh, how he suggests the refrigerator. Let's go to the oven. The oven is something that everybody has an issue with. Now, today, uh, many people have the self-cleaning ovens. And self-cleaning oven, uh, basically, if it's going to 900 degrees or more, which almost all of them do, but although some others don't, but the ones that are going to 900 degrees or more, so that self-cleaning is what we call, like Lieben Gummer, it's a, like a complete burning out. It's like using a blowtorch. It's like putting fire on it. It's really like it's really a complete burning. It's not exactly like a, a it's not, not, not something, not like Hagala. It's not like pouring hot boiling water on it. It's actually using a fire. So it reaches such a high temperature that that is uh, very effective. And I, afterwards, everything is kashered inside. The only thing is, if it, if you still had a layer of dirt that's on the, the oven, the inside of the oven, that layer of dirt, whatever it is, um, is impeding 
the fire from working, the the the, the self cleaning process from working properly, and therefore that should be cleaned off. Sometimes people can't get everything off, and then it does require a second cycle, or it needs a cleaning somewhere in the, in the middle, and I don't think most of these machines let you stop in the middle. So sometimes they, people use it two cycles. But if you're doing one cycle, it has to be very, very clean before you start the cycle. That's the only condition that you have over there. And that takes care of the racks. And any time you have something like uh, we used to do, we do on the top, uh, we take the, the, uh, from, from the, the, the stove top, we'll take the grates over there and put it inside the oven, and put the self-cleaning oven on, and then that kosher's that too. So you know, it makes it a lot, of, a lot easier. All you have to do is to worry about the stovetop itself, but the, the grates where the, where, the, where the pots are put, that, is, that can be kosher in a self-cleaning oven. And my Rebbe Zatzal used to tell us to give it to somebody. If you didn't have self-cleaning, give it to somebody who has self-cleaning. And by the way, uh, my Rebbe was very mockbit, Rav Zimmerman was very mockbit on the racks that we use all year. He wanted us to designate paraben dairy and flasix. Uh, some people have, you know, two ovens, and some people have three ovens, and maybe they have five or six ovens if you have a Pesach set. But the, most people have one or two. And if you, even if you have two ovens, but one of them you want to do something parva, so you want to keep it parva. Putting something parva on a milchik rack could be an issue of it becoming milchiks. Again, it depends how, how it was dirty, etc. If you're using something that's moist on there. So it, it, the advisable thing is to have a separate rack for parva, separate rack for dairy, separate rack for flasics. If you're using one oven, or if you're using two ovens, again, the, the parva and the dairy should be one, and the, the parva and the flasics in the other one, if you can possibly do that. If not, you should have to have something on top of the, uh, the grates. So what Rebbe Zatzal used to say, Rebbe Zim used to say, is to take the grates, and if you don't have a self-cleaning oven, take them over to somebody who does have a self-cleaning oven, put it in, and they go through a cycle, and then now they're kashered. So you don't have to worry, you can start from scratch. And then identify, maybe a, a safety pin on one of them as a, as a sign of which one is, let's say, parva, which one is fleishiks or milchiks. You use some kind of a simon, and that's how, you, that's how you'll know and you'll be able to keep it that way. And if things get mixed up, so you'll have to kosher it again, take it to somebody with a self-cleaning oven. And that's how we conducted ourselves when we had one oven, and now many people have said have two, but they still want to keep the parva. Other people put a little piece of aluminum foil or something on a, a rack, and that way they're not coming directly in contact with the rack. Okay, so let's read a little bit about what Rav Zimman said about the oven, and then we'll go on to some uh, other related topics. When we come to the baking oven, we find numerous opinions as to how it should be cleaned if you plan to use it on Pesach. Certainly you can elect to follow a stricter approach, However, as you will see, the following is sufficient. We should distinguish between the racks and the walls. The racks have spillage all year, and your pace of pots will be directly placed directly on them when you cook. The best advice would be to have a special set of racks for Pesach. If you can't get new racks, then kasha your old in a self-cleaning oven or over a fire. No guarantee that it won't warp. Well, today's a pretty good, and I don't think they do warp. The um, if it if you do have something warping, you can always buy more uh, racks, and I don't think it really has a problem today. Uh, we advise that all, for all year that people designate one rack for dairy and one for meat, putting a safety pin or wire on the dairy one for identification purposes. The walls, even though they have absorbed chametz during the year, do not come in contact with your pots. As my Rebbe used to say, you're cooking inside an oven. You're not cooking on the oven. You're not cooking on the oven floor. You're not cooking on the oven walls. You're cooking inside an oven. It's just a place. So the problems that come up about zaya is only if you're close to the top and there'll be a zaya cycle. Uh, or if you spill something, on the, it falls down on the oven floor, or it touches the walls. But otherwise, you're really not exposed to it, what's going on in the walls. It's not a direct issue. But the, but the grate is something that comes in contact with your pot, and also it could be the food. Sometimes people put a potato there. So you can't say that it, it has no connection to the cooking. But the walls are a different story. 
So the walls, even though they have absorbed chametz during the year, they didn't come in contact with your pots. Therefore, clean the walls thoroughly with a good cleanser, such as easy off, and cover them and the inside of the door with a heavy-duty aluminum foil. And that last part is very, very important. He says it again. Even if you plan to use an insert in your oven, be sure to cover the inside of the door with heavy-duty aluminum foil. And the reason is very simple. He says, in case you drop some food there on Pesach, you'll be sure that it was well worth your trouble. It will avoid any questions for you. So that's a really a very big issue that many people don't realize, even though they, they patched it around. It's very, very hard to take care of the oven door. And uh, it, it, there's cracks and this and that, you know, in the, the, the glass area there. And it's hard to get, things get stuck inside. It's a very, very... Uh, difficult area to patchka with, and therefore covering it with a piece of aluminum foil of, prevents all the shyness of it touching the side. And that's, uh, maybe it's a little bit inconvenient, but it definitely works very well, and uh, it's a very strong suggestion that we always used. The grates on the top of the stove can be replaced. However, burning them over the fire and using heavy-duty aluminum foil is sufficient. Okay. Now, I'm going to skip the microwave because my Rebbe held you can't do, do anything with the microwave. He said, close it up for Pesach. That's it. Yeah, how do you take care of a microwave? Tape it up. Same thing. How do you take care of a dishwasher? Tape it up. That's, uh, and that's how he always dealt with those situations. So that's a little bit of an idea of some of the things with the koshering. Let me go on to the sink. I, I don't know if he did it over here. Uh, probably did. But the sink is the biggest area of concern. The sideboards is not such a difficult thing. Many people buy uh, the plastic and put it on the sideboards, cover it over with it, and put a little tape on it. It comes right off after Pesach. And that, that uh, plastic can be saved from year to year. Of course, people will say you're a very expensive set. I have, a, I have an advertiser who has a very expensive set of covering, but you can do a, a cheap job yourself and uh, use it from year to year, and it's, it's certainly sufficient, and it looks nice, and doesn't cost more than uh, $10, $15 for the whole uh, kitchen. But the, uh, the sink is really an area that does deserve some concern. I don't think he discussed it in this article, and probably for good reason, because it's not an easy thing to do. So I'm going to mention briefly how, how we handle the sink. The sink needs, there's two types of sinks. There's a porcelain sink and the metal sink, the aluminum metal sink. The aluminum sink can be cleaned and kashered for Pesach, but cleaning it is a very a cumbersome job, especially in the areas where there's a, where it comes in corners, and it, 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 you see there's a, like... Uh, you have to cl- you have to clean where it gets, if something to get caught. When it's flat and smooth, not a problem. But those areas where uh, food can catch is definitely an issue. And the, the aluminum foil, the aluminum uh, sink goes way back uh, a few inches out of the sink, and uh, that's also the area where the where the faucets are. And the faucets uh, can can have a lot of things caught over there. So it's, it's a, a little bit of an issue how to kosher a sink. Basically, we recommend that people do kosher the sink and, if possible, that they use an insert, even though they koshered it. They don't, we don't kosher, there's no way to really kosher a, uh, a porcelain sink, but mostly people, uh, even if you have a porcelain sink, a lot of times you have an aluminum area where the, where the faucets are. And that... Of course, you could do some koshering over there. So I'm going to give you the, uh, the way to kosher an aluminum sink. You take water, put it on a fire in a pot that was not used for 24 hours. I don't care if the pot was flashix, milchix, parva, fish, uh, stick. it doesn't make a difference, but not used for 24 hours. You fill it up with water or high up in water with water and you make a, put a cover on and keep it on the fire until you see the big rolling boil, the big bubbles. You have to, your sink, we're talking about aluminum sink only, it has to sit 24 hours without being used with any, with any hot water. Nothing hot has to go, can go in there. 
basically you should put out of action for 24 hours before the kashering. Now we have the water is being boiled, and uh, I would put two or three pots up if you possibly can. And then you take the water and carefully pour it over every part of the sink. And if you do it at once, then you're not yotze. Because the, the, what you have to do is the water has to hit the spot of the metal. If you roll it, if you start pouring it on, then the water rolls down and rolls around, and it does touch every part of the sink, but it doesn't touch it on the fly. It touches it on the roll, and then it has a shame of cliché, not clivishon. So the water is not effective in kashering if you pour it that way. The only way it's effective in kashering is if you throw the water on it at one shot. So now no one can hit a large part of the sink at once and and it's also hard to get into the corners and a sink is set up unless you have an island the sink is set up that it's you know what what's far away from you you could put the you could put the water on but what about the part that's closer to you you can't shoot the water at yourself backwards flip it up around it's just very 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 inconvenient so that what you have to do is you have to select areas of the, of the aluminum, pour the hot water on there, then dry it, and then pour more on. And when you have to dry the whole thing and then pour water on that spot again. Not that spot, the other spots. The next spot, the next spot. So it would take you, with a couple of pots of, of water, it should take you maybe two cycles maybe three cycles to do it all one sink it's not a long long time because all the water boiled already and uh it's it maybe and i don't know if it's gonna how long it's gonna take if it's gonna take 15 minutes a half an hour for you to take the whole operation whatever it is you keep the water going you'll do any other sinks it is not going to take that terribly long however we have hot water and hot water is dangerous hot water could burn you uh, that's you know that's not kosher. So we we have a technical problem. We have to make sure a your hands are covered, b that your clothes is gonna get, might get wet and it could, and hot water can go through your clothes. So you got to be protected. The cabinets and the whole area has to be protected. You have to dry it all up all the time. So there's a lot of additional work that has to be done. You have to have a bunch of towels and maybe some helpers in order to be able to do this sink in an effective way. After you completed it, technically, you have a koshered sink. But there's two problems. One is the, we didn't mention, one is the, is the drain area, and the other one is the faucet. The drain area, the best thing is to pl- replace the drain, that little thing that costs $2, buy another one for Pesach. And, if you, and, and with the, uh, the faucets, there's a lot you have to do. Hot boiling water is going to be helpful on, that force, on those faucets, which get a lot of chametz on it and which have a lot of food that's encrusted and stuck inside. And it, it definitely is going to get clean when you pour the hot water. And that's definitely an effective method to use. Then afterwards, I would, I would if possible, replace the handles. You can buy a set of handles for your for your faucets for just a couple of dollars, and you can use it for pesach and and then take put the other ones on afterwards. It just screws on, screws off. It's very inexpensive to buy those, and you uh, if if it's difficult to do, you're not mechuyev to do it. Some people might cover them, but you're not mechuyev to do any of that. And now the problem, the biggest problem is the faucet itself, not the spivet, not the little things, you, 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 the hot and cold water, the actual faucet itself. That's, that is a con- big concern because that gets very, very hot. And when the water comes in, and let's say you're holding spaghetti underneath it and you're getting hot water in on top of spaghetti or something like that, or just the spaghetti is just underneath and you're getting cold water on there. The, the, the uh, zaya, 
which it means a vapor, comes up from the pot of spaghetti and hits the faucet from beneath. And if hot water is coming in, then even stronger it affects it. So there's basically three things you could do. Revival Cone says remove the faucet and place it for Pesach. I've never done it, but, but Revival Cone says that's what should really be done. Anybody who wants to take that on, call a kavod. Another possibility is at least to run the hot water through uh, to, uh, to keep it going for a while, and that, in a certain sense, might kasher it, because we say, kaboilo kalpolto, as it came in, it will go out. So that's a method of kashering. And the third thing which we like to do is to put zaya underneath it. So I'll take a hot pot of water off the stove where it was a rolling boil, take off the cover, and right away put that underneath the faucet. And then the heat will, will rise, we call zaya, which is vapor, will rise up and it will hit the bottom. And that, in a sense, is kashering it. And that's the way it went in, it comes out. And if you can, you definitely should try to pour water on the faucet, on the top, sprinkle maybe from the bottom. Try your very best to kasher that because it's a very, very important part of the problem. Be sure to remove the filter before Pesach. If you use a filter because of the bugs in the water in New York City, then you need a separate filter for Pesach. But the, even if you don't use a filter or whatever, wherever you live, if there's, there's a little filter on every single faucet in the top, take that faucet out because you, that, has, that has a lot of chametz that could be trapped in it and definitely should be removed. You don't need, a, a, for a few days of Pesach, you don't need that, that to be there unless you're worried about the water in New York. And the water in New York, so you get the regular filter, easy filter or something like that, put it on, and you'll be, you'll be all set to go. So that gives you an idea of how to do the sink. And so now we completed at least the first stage of Pesach preparations, which leads me now to say a few words about our sponsors. Now, before I go on, I'm going to repeat the special announcement that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and I'm going to invite people to call in, and hopefully we'll be able to get you on the air. I can't promise you it's a little, as I said, there are some technical difficulties over here today, but the, the number in the studio is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Again, 718-683-5858. But the better idea is to email us, text us, at 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398, and we'll be able to take your text messages in just a little while. But let me just mention again this announcement I had before, that the station is experiencing technical issues. Please listen to us at 718-506-9099 or 712-432-432. 4217, or you can see us, listen to us on jrootradio.com. That's J, just the letter J, root, R O T, radio.com. Jrootradio.com, or Jroot Radio Pro app, which you can get from the jrootradio.com st- station. You can get uh, a, a, a pro app, and you go, you go follow at the at J Root Radio for information about how to proceed. So that gives you an idea of how to get us. Now let me just go on to uh, talk about a, a few words about one of our sponsors that we were all familiar with, and that is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. When you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you'll save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you've purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikur, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Some of the items that are on sale now and today and tomorrow... Our shoulder roast beef, $9.99 a pound. 
Beef short ribs, $14.99 a pound. Pepper steak, $11.99 a pound. And uh, in the grocery area, uh, they still have the Hummintosh, if you like it. Mendy's Hummintosh, 7 ounce, one ninety nine. dollars um, You want the bathroom tissue, 20-count Marcal, uh, $8.99. And, uh, you have Pashkis, uh, sour sticks, and fruit buds, two for a dollar. You have uh, the... Uh, you have here uh, the red peppers, 99 a pound. The celery, 89 and uh, Tuf Tom Olive Spread, two for five dollars. Haolam Strings Cheese, very popular with the kids, 18 count, $7.99. And it gives you an idea of some of the items that are on sale. I don't have today's, I, I mean, I'm tomorrow, I have tomorrow's, that was tomorrow's, but I don't have the, the ones that start on Wednesday. But you'll be stuck in probably. <laughs> okay, anyway, at Glockmart. The uh, is is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue N. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove and Glatmart, tell them you heard about Glatmart on Conscious on the Air over J Root Radio. And now I'd like to introduce you to another sponsor, Imitz Hashem. We hope to have them in the future. Uh, it's very exciting to, to read these few words about this because I know the people behind this very, very well. And that's one of the reasons I'm willing to read the uh, to, to do such an advertisement uh, because it's a uh, it's a little radical, especially for this show, as you'll see in just one minute. But I want to tell you in advance, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get Cautious Magazine for one year, absolutely free. That's right. That's what I'm saying. It's a twenty-five dollar, I twenty-five dollar uh, subscription for zero dollars, as you'll see in one minute. Don't give up your romaine lettuce. Get the new lettuce in town. Tachlis Hahidur brand romaine lettuce. That's the real name, Tachlis Hahidur. It's certified by Rabbi Nachum Ephraim Tettelbaum, the, the Vol of Arov, and produced in a breakthrough manner, with each leaf prepared by an expert at Badikas Toloyim. Tachlis Hahidur can be found in your store, or delivered to your door in Flatbush, Borough Park, Williamsburg, and Bensonhurst. Minimum delivery is one pound for nine dollars. There's no delivery charge. Just call 347-454-2299. I repeat, 347-454-2299 for this new item that's the Tachas Sahidur brand romaine lettuce. There are basically are three reasons why you should try Tachas Sahidur brand romaine lettuce. Number one, there is, a f- there is the fact that each piece is put through a checking process. There's no sampling and using Chazaka method. Your leaves have been inspected. The second reason it's worth trying out this new company is Tachas Ahidur is fresher. It's locally prepared and delivered daily. It has no taste, there's no taste that's better, and, re, and it retains its, all the nutrients. The third reason, and I think this may be the most important reason why people should look into Tachas Ahidur, is that Tachas Ahidur brand romaine lettuce contains less pesticides than the popular greenhouse-grown brands. Tachas Ahidur is not greenhouse grown. Because when you do greenhouse growing, you have to use a lot of insecticides. It's, uh, it's very common in the whole field, but, but especially when they're doing the greenhouse. Green, uh, Tachas Ahidur uses regular lettuce, which has been specially inspected and processed in a unique methodology, which is approved and certified by the Volovarov. Try Tachas Ahidur brand romaine lettuce today. It's at your local grocer or call 347-454-2299. That is Tachla Sahidur, 347-454-2299. And now let me just tell you that I'm giving away a one-year subscription to Cautious Magazine, all issues, that's a $25 value for three pounds of lettuce, romaine lettuce, from Tachas Ahidur, which means that in effect you're paying $2 for three pounds. 
Or look at the other way. You're buying three pounds at $27 and you're getting a Cashless Magazine subscription worth $25 free. Either way you look at it, it's a great deal. And I'm giving that away just for this week only, which means anybody who calls in after this week, which means next Monday after the show, they are not eligible for this. So if you hear about it, Anybody calls in, yes, you can order it. It's new customers only for the product Takla Sahida. Now, you can buy it in the store. I can't deal with it. <laughs> we can't, we'll never know what you did. So but you can call the number, and I'm going to give it again, and you can order the uh, three pounds, uh, and then you'll get the subscription. That's 347-454-2299. Now, they may not be familiar with it over there at Takasahida. So you just have to tell them that I'm buying the three pounds J Root special and I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to get a subscription to Cash's magazine and they'll arrange it. So again, 347 454 2299. Now, I, I, Nisim is not, in us, is not in the studio right this moment, so I can't take your calls. I'm going to see if we're getting some text. One second. I'm trying to do this myself, and let's see if we can work at it. It's a little bit technically involved here. And I don't see the texts yet. So if you have been texting in and you are calling, I'm very sorry. I don't see the text. Not my fault. Uh, it's, it's a uh, procedure that I'm not familiar with. So... I'm sure there are people texting and I'm sure there are people calling in, but I can't get it. So we're going to continue the show from my side and hopefully we'll be able to get your input in the next little while. One of the things that especially important for Pesach is the decision about the matzahs. In Hashem, we will have, hopefully next week, we will ho- hopefully have Rabbi Wright with us to discuss uh, about matzahs. I'm not even sure what he, which areas he's taking up. In our magazine that we just put out, Akash's Magazine's Pesach issue, we have a feature which is, is called My Matzah Journey, where R- Rabbi Wright discusses his, uh, his journey, he calls it, and it's really a quest to try to find what it's like to take ma- and make matzahs from, from the first step to the very last. He followed along the process from the growing of the wheat, the cutting of the wheat, the, the processing of the grain into a flour, and all areas, he, he personally did everything. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing story, and the reason I like it is because it, it's it's a it's you know it's a new style uh, approach. I I want to be involved. I want to understand it. Okay, we don't plant we don't uh, plant our grain and and grow. Are we getting any calls? Okay, so we'll take the calls. We don't plant we don't we don't plant our own grain and grow our own flour and make our own bread. But uh, at least of a pesach, we can be involved in the actual process. So I see we have calls now. Nisa, if you could uh, adjust this for me also, I could. I could okay, you can. We also you can uh, fix this thing for us. Okay. Anybody on? Anybody there? Okay. Nobody. Nobody's for us. Yes. Okay. We're waiting one second. We'll see if this person wants to talk to us. No. So we, we lost the callers. You could call in now. That's 718-683-5858, Nisan, are we getting texts? I can't see it over here. Uh, right now, no. I just want to explain the text. We got some text. Huh? So we really experienced technical issue. Please listen to us. 718-506-9099 or 712-432-4217 and jrootradio.com Jared Radio Pro one of them has to work and uh, also you can follow at uh, 
follow us and at JRoot Radio for info. So we'll get to oh. more and more. Bezat Hashem, we'll see. Uh, we'll get it better and better. I see a lot of people were texting us about the fact that they couldn't yes. hear us regularly. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Okay, we don't have any uh, anybody texting into our show, and that means that some of you are not, some people are not hearing it, and they and they just uh, reacting oh, to oh, that. It was, the show was so clear, so no question. Okay, we're we're going to go back to our programming for the next few minutes. If anybody does want to reach us, you can do that at seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight to talk about. Pesach, and any of the related areas. So I'm going to go back to what we were talking about, matzahs. So let me explain a little bit about the matzah system, although some of this may be done again next week. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to go. If he joins us, Rabbi Wright, he is involved with three simchas at the same time, and I don't know if he'll be able to make it. We hope he'll be able to make it. It's in between different simchas. Now, the when you look at matzah, there's, there's a matzah that you can get five pounds of machine matzah, plain machine matzah. You can get it for $5 or something like that. Or there's, it's a special, comes sometimes free. At the, when you're buying something in the supermarket, they give it away as a lost leader. And you wonder, why is it that people are paying 20 and $30 a pound and, and more than that for hand matzahs? And, it, and why should I buy shmura matzah? What do you need that for? The, the halacha basically does not require it, this and that, etc. These are the kinds of questions that people are asking. So let me give you the basic understanding, and then we'll take any calls that are coming in. There's no question that matzah doesn't have to be matzah shmura. And many of the people who are listening to me, when they grew up, they didn't have matzah shmur the whole Pesach. They didn't have that much matzah. They may not even have matzah shmur at the Seder. They really should have. We should have had matzah shmur at the Seder, at least for the three matzahs, because there you need, the, the question is, l'shem matzah mitzvah. You need it to be done. When the Torah says, we shmatim as a matzos, you have to prepare the matzos specifically for the mitzvah of matzah on Pesach, the Seder night. It's not a question only of eating kosher Pesach. It's a question of the preparation, the ushmatim and samatzos, to be aware of it and be, in, and be in control of everything that's involved all the way up until you eat it at the Seder. So that shmura matzah requires that you, that you control the cutting of the wheat and you, you have a matzah that's been watched from that time. That's going to cost more. The grain itself is going to cost more. But in but when you're making machine matzahs out of that, it shouldn't be an arm and a leg more, but somewhat up a, a little more because of the flour. Yes, yes, that's going to cost a little more. In addition to that, you have to know that when they cut the grain, they have to cut it a little early. They don't cut it. That's why sometimes it looks darker than your regular matzah that you eat all year because they, they have to get a grain that, 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 is, uh, that didn't ripen too much, because if it ripened too much, we're afraid it got exposed to the water after it became a full grain. And, we, and uh, Rabbi uh, Shimon Ida used to teach us that what happens is that if there's a big storm, like we're going to have tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, the, so that will be good. For, no, it's very good for the world. I mean, just hard for us, but it's very good for the world. Uh, the Gemara says that, that snow is better for the ground, five times better than rain. So it's, it's a wonderful thing happening, tremendous event. The only thing that's going to be difficult for us. So, so what happens is the grain, when, it, uh, when a big storm comes and a wind blows, it blows the, rain, it blows the, the uh, stalks down and they can get trapped in the water. And if the grain is already dry enough, then it can actually become chametz even while it's on these in the stalks, and uh, so therefore they cut it down the grain very early, and it's going to be harder to work with. 
So for the, all the reasons involved, you have to pay something more when you're dealing with Shmura Matzah. In addition, in the factories where they're making Shmura Matzah, and, and, and uh, talk about, I'm, still, I'm still talking about a machine matzah. And when you're making a machine matzah, they have actually a lot of hidurim, additional things that they're utilizing. The biggest companies in the, in the United States, the two or three big companies that are making uh, matzah, they don't have the problems that the smaller companies have because they're, they're very efficient and uh, things move very quickly, but they also can't do some of the things that are being done in the smaller companies because there's not as much hands-on uh, work and in the machine making. So when you're talking about, I had an article here in, in Kasha's magazine, we had this year and last year as well, with a different article, but it's about the same people, a certain Chabura Matzah. And Chabura Matzah, and actually Rabbi Wright spoke last year on our show uh, about Chabura Matzis. And he has even a booklet he put out on Chabura Matzis. And Chabura Matzis is, takes, the, takes it to a whole different level. There's a, it's not just the workers who are there all, for, for months and months preparing matzahs. We're taking special people in who are some, some bit of training and experience, and we're putting them in charge of doing certain functions or additional functions or supervising, and it's it just takes everything to a whole different level. That's chabura matzis, and that's what basically when the shuls send the, somebody out to, to go to the, bake, the baking of the matzis, and they come back with matzis. Very often, it's what we call chabura matzis. Not all of them are chabura matzis when you buy it from a rabbi in a shul. Sometimes the rabbi goes there and they say, Rabbi. Take it easy. We're, ta- we're gonna take. We do our business. You do your business, and uh, you can pick them all up at the, in an hour. And sometimes the rabbi can't lift a finger. I know one rabbi who was for thirty years or so involved in the uh, with his with his uh, with his group. He used to go there, and they came this past year, I believe, and they told him, Rabbi, you can't come in now. And he had to take the matzahs without doing anything. It was very frustrating for him because he knew he, he couldn't have any control. And uh, it, it was just, uh, it, was, it was not a very good situation. If the real chabura matzahs mean that you have supervision of the production and uh, those people who are waiting to get your matzahs in the, the shul are, are getting something special because you were involved in it and some of the people from the shul were involved in it, etc. So there's all different kinds of chabura matzahs, and we're talking now, we were still talking only machine. Now, when talking chabura matzahs, we're probably talking already about the hand matzahs. So in the hand matzahs, there's, a, there's a, also a number of levels in hand matzahs. Basically, the hand matzahs are going to cost more. There's a lot of additional people. And it's not, it's not, the production doesn't go nearly as fast as it does with the machine matzahs. It was a lot of hands-on work, a lot of cleaning, a lot of functions. If you look at the number of people working in the matzah factories, you, in, in a, you could have a huge uh, plant that's producing, uh, I don't know how many p- um, boxes of matzahs a day in the machine matzahs, with the skeleton crew compared to what you have to have in a matzah bakery where it's a small little place and they're, and they're producing only so, so many pounds per hour, it's a, it's a very different kind of a game. And there's much, much more work that's needed over there in a, in a, uh, in a hand-baking matzah operation. In addition, we're trying to get to where one, we want to have people who are observant uh, doing the the processes in the in the machine and in, in the sorry in the hand matzahs, we, we there was a one time they used to use people who were Jewish we hope, uh, but not necessarily so committed, and now we're trying to get more and more uh, a better quality, uh, a higher quality uh, in terms of his ability or her ability his ability usually to to. Uh, to, to, to can be concerned about the kashras of the matzahs. And therefore, to get that kind of a level, we have to uh, pay more money. It costs more money for a from person to live than, uh, so, than somebody else. It's a very, very expensive little game. So therefore, we and end up paying more money for the workers. And it, it seems that as the, uh, time goes on, the price goes up and up and up. It makes it hard for the large family I, I, I think it would be, 
advantageous if we can find some solution to the problem. But be that as it may, the, the matzahs are very high quality that we have when the hand-baking process, especially when you do a chabura matzah, and even if you don't have a chabura matzah, the hand-baking is usually on a very high level. There are some built-in problems with matzah baking, and I'm not going to discuss them now. Maybe we'll discuss some of the next week. And that's why the chabura matzah is very important. don't know what Rabbi Rai is going to be talking about next week, but we, we did ask him to talk about matzahs. And as I said, he has, uh, he's actually, he didn't write the, write the book, he actually wrote a booklet on it, and in addition to that, he um, he, he uh, wrote about uh, about his matzah journey in Arkashus magazine. So, if, if um, I see no one was able to call us in today, hopefully uh, we'll straighten this out next week. Let me just read our little piece here again. The two pieces I want to read. One is about listening to the show, and that is that the best way is to call at 718-506-9099. You can listen in live there, or 712-432-4217. Or you can go to jrootradio.com and listen over there. Or you can you get the JRoot Pro app, JRoot Radio Pro app, uh, and uh, at, you can get it at the uh, jwoodradio.com station and uh, use the, the jwood radio pro app and you follow at jwood radio for information on how to tune into the sh- to us and, uh, and I, I additionally i asked anybody who is listening to send us the questions you would like me to ask rabbi rabinowitz you can also questions you want me to ask Rabbi uh, Wright, Hashem, for next week, but also Rabbi Rabinowitz for two weeks from now, Hashem, we have, we'll have the, those two people on. Rabbi Rabinowitz works for the OU. He puts out every year the Pesach Guide for the OU, which is already out, and he will be able to answer questions not just about OU products, but in general about products and how it ties into Pesach, and you should get those questions over to me at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. In addition, I want you to know that we read tonight uh, in a uh, short uh, plug for a new company, which is called Takas Ahidur brand romaine lettuce. And we told you that you can get in the store. You can also get it uh, delivered to you anywhere in Brooklyn. And no charge, no delivery charge. The, ch- the cost is $9 a pound. And if you order three pounds, we'll give away free a one-year subscription to Kashrus Magazine, which is a value of $25. And you can uh, reach the company directly at 347-454-2299. Again, 347-454-2299. But the offer for the free year of Kashrus Magazine is for this week only until next week, when the show goes on at six o'clock, if you did call after that, you didn't. Call, it doesn't count. I can't. I, we can't keep it going on. But this is just for the first week only, and uh, it's a wonderful company. We have Ashkocha from the Vol of Arov, and you can reach them. You can reach Tacha Sahider Brand Romi Lettuce at three four seven four five four two two nine nine. And if you have, if you wanted to tell your local grocery to carry it, that'd be a wonderful idea. Or else, just to order a one pound, try it out. Two pounds, whatever it is, you want three pounds, you get a free subscription to the magazine. But uh, utilize their services. That's three four seven four five four two two nine nine for Tachas Ahider uh, Romaine lettuce, and uh, we. We 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 uh, today's show. We were able to tell you a little bit about the first step of pace of production, which is how to cash the house. But there's another step that takes place really immediately the the minute that Purim is over. We have to start designating what is in our house that's pesach and what's in our house that's chametz, and what we have to get rid of before before pesach itself. The question about about cleaning the house is something that we've discussed so many times I don't want to spend any time on it 
but everyone should think twice before overdoing the preparations for Pesach because the hedur of, 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 of cleaning every little teeny thing is sometimes so counterproductive to the health of the family, the social health of the family, the shalom bias, and, uh, and also the attitude towards the mitzvahs. If you see the parents struggling with the mitzvahs, upset, tired, work, overworked, then you sometimes a kvetch goes out, and and that's the, that kvetch can lead the next generation to be less interested in our performance of all of our mitzvahs. So the only thing we can do that is to prepare the house al pi If you want to go further, say I like spring cleaning, but don't go to the point of saying this is required because if you make it look like all of the stuff that the mother does is absolutely required and must be done, then a lot of young people say this is a little too much. And and if they think you're over the top in this, they may think you're over the top in Kashrus and Shabbos and a lot of other things. Therefore, the best thing we can do for our family is to take uh, take take Pesach and according to what the halacha requires and not to do something which is detrimental to the family. I thank you very much for listening. This has been your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashas Magazine. And if you want to reach me during the week, it's 718-336-8544. Thank you.